your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive and the host of Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That will be much, much appreciated. And thank you so much for making Locked On Leafs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Um, big dub tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Boy, oh boy. A near, a near flawless victory for the Maple Leafs. 3 nothing over the Nashville Predators is your final. Jack Campbell, 26 saves for the shutout in his 100th career game. 100 games. The guy has done so much in such little amount of time. Now leads the NHL in goals against average, in save percentage, and goalie point share and goal saved above average. Literally, he is leading the league in everything. And if this season were to end today, he would be my Vesna Trophy candidate. He has been outstanding all season long and was pretty good tonight. But didn't really have to be all that great tonight because the rest of the team played fantastic in front of him. This was a team victory. This was a dominating performance by the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Dominating all the way around at five on five they're perfect on the pk they scored on the power play they're more physical than nashville for a good portion of this uh of this game nick ritchie really got into things uh in this game especially early on um you know having a couple of big sandwich hits and then drops the mitts as well uh there were some some really good things that came out of tonight's game like i said nearly flawless uh nearly perfect and the Maple Leafs uh, keep the win streak alive. They are now uh, four straight wins for the Leafs. But I want to give a special shout-out to the third line tonight. Yes, I know, Austin Matthews scored a goal, Mitch Marner scored a goal, but the other guy who scored tonight, scored the insurance marker, was David Kampf. And David Kampf is one-third of this third line for the Toronto Maple Leafs that has been absolutely freaking amazing. All season long, really. They've been doing this night in, night out. But tonight specifically, there were uh you know, there there were there were a lot of really good chances, a lot of really good opportunities that the Maple Leafs had uh tonight, or, or that this third line had tonight. But what I find to be so bizarre, or not even bizarre, but what I find to be so impressive is the fact that this this third line had zero, zero percent. Offensive zone starts tonight, 0%. And they combined for nine shots on 12 attempts. And David Kampf was second on the team in individual expected goals. Andre Kasha was fourth on the team in individual expected goals. And Pierre Engvall was fifth. The line was incredible. Incredible tonight. 65% shot share went out on the ice. 65% expected goals for went out on the ice. And keep in mind that they always start in the defensive zone against the team's best op- best scorers. It's incredible what this line has been able to accomplish over the last couple of days. They do not get enough credit, so I really want to give the flowers tonight. Um, Andre Kasha, <laughs> this guy is incredible. Like, 
The Leafs are paying this guy like one one and one and change, one and change, and he has been everything that you would expect him more. He has been incredible, and I knew that he was a good player, right? I, I had hopes that he this would turn out to be a good value contract. I didn't think it was going to be this. I didn't know he was this skilled as a two way guy. I just didn't. I didn't know he was so relentless on the puck. I didn't know he was so strong on the forecheck. Like that. That's what I'm. I've been really really impressed by with Andre Kasha. I knew that he was a guy who could provide some supplemental offense. You know, he had a 20-goal season in Anaheim. You know, he's a good player um, when healthy, but I didn't know that he was this this established as a two-way guy. Um, that That is something that, that has been new to me. And even tonight, like that, that unreal block he made late in the game, got some love from Keith on the bench too afterwards. Uh, I tweeted out, like, I'm, I'm not Jersey guy. I'm not Jersey guy, but I may have to get a number 25 just for that block alone. That's the type of heart that I think sells jerseys in this city. And I damn near went to MapleLeafs.com and put a number 25 Maple Leafs jersey in my cart. I almost did it because that was such a great, great play and just an overall great game from Andre Kasha and the third line themselves. I just can't Zero zone starts and still one of the most productive lines um, for the team. Uh, in tonight's game, it was it was incredible. But realistically, like the whole the whole team was great. Like Austin Matthews, ten shot attempts tonight. Um, you know they they they, they put the lines kind of back together, back to what they were before, and it was um it, it was a success. I would say it, it was a good it was a success. Uh, they didn't score. We didn't see any goals from them at five on five. Matthews scored on the power play. But it, they, there were some really good opportunities, and, and it looked good. Nick Ritchie uh, actually looked real good in the first period. There was the one play where he, he legitimately just crunches a guy along the boards and causes a, a, a giveaway and a turnover, and that allowed Marner and Matthews going a two-on-one the other way. UC Soros makes an unreal glove stop to rob Matthews of, a, of what looked like a surefire goal. And then a couple minutes, a couple moments later, Richie ends up dropping the mitts, right? So, so he was getting in the mix. He was laying hits. He was being physical um, and, uh, and getting hits. And the third period, too, he almost, he almost scored a weird goal. Um, he just kind of went in hard on the forecheck and reached around and knocked the, the puck off the defender's stick. And it just took a, a strange bounce where it went towards the goal. I think it went off of the defender's skate. And, like, Soros legitimately had to make, like, a stop or went off the side of the net. Like it, it was it was weird. It, it was almost his first goal as a Maple Leaf. It would have been hilarious if that was, uh, if that was it. But, um, you know, he kind of responded. I think he took a dumb penalty in the second period. And, you know, he, got, he sat for a couple of shifts but then ended up getting – back out there in the third period. But outside of, honestly, outside of that one dumb penalty that Richie took, I don't know if I could really count, like sit here and say that there was much bad play. Like, they played really, really well. They, they played a majority of it in the Nashville zone. Um, they they had 61% of the shot share. Uh, the high danger chances were 12 to 5 in favor of Toronto. A 67% goals for percentage. Um, you know, Nashville pushed late. Uh, Campbell had a couple of couple of big saves late in the game. Uh, came up, well, actually the post came up big in the opening minutes. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Justin Hall had a weird pinch in the opening minute, which led to a, a, a good chance by Tomasino. Um, but luckily, uh, Mr. Posty was there. And Mr. Posty, 
actually had a couple of stops for Jack Campbell tonight. Let's be honest, uh, there was a couple of times where he got beat, but didn't beat the metal, didn't beat the the the, the iron, and uh, Jack Campbell stopped the 26 shots that did uh, hit him, the ones that he was able to get in front of for his third shutout of the season in uh, what was career game number 100. We're going to be joined by Ann Kay of Locked On Predators, and we're going to continue uh, talking about this game, breaking it all down, and giving you a recap. So we'll do that when we return here from a uh, word from our show sponsors. So Ann Kay from Locked On Predators. On the other side, you're listening to Locked On Leafs coming off of a 3-0 dominating victory over the Preds. We'll be back shortly. All right, welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano, the host of Locked on Leaves, and we're doing a crossover episode today with Locked on Predators. Ann Kimmel is joining me. Ann, how are you? I'm okay. Um, it was a good hockey game. I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a little disappointed in the outcome, but I'm excited to talk uh, some Maple Leafs Predators with you. Yeah, uh, Maple Leafs going in and, and giving Nashville the business as they come to Toronto. 3 nothing victory for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Jack Campbell getting his third shutout of the year. And what was actually a, a pretty monumental game for him is it was his 100th game of his NHL career. And what this guy's been able to do in such a short time span in the NHL is actually insane to me. And, and he currently now leads the NHL with a 168 goals against and a 943 save percentage. And he's one shy of uh, Jacob Markstrom in the shutout uh, the shutout department for league lead like Jack Campbell. I mean, you're somebody who probably isn't too familiar with him. Um, given that, you know, I guess the only time you really would have seen him is I guess in LA might've seen him a couple of times against Nashville, maybe because he was a backup there for a majority of his career. And maybe you got to see him a little bit in, in Dallas, I guess if there was the game against Nashville, but overall this probably would have been one of your first, uh, first looks at Jack Campbell. So I'm curious as, as an outsider, how you felt about his game tonight? I will tell you, as we prepped for this game, kind of doing our preview on the show, uh, the more I watched of Jack Campbell, the more nervous I got. And I think rightly so. This was definitely a game tonight of goaltending standout. Um, and as much as I hate to do it, I have to give a lot of credit to Jack Campbell. I thought he had a solid game and I think you all have a gem in Toronto that maybe not a lot of people in the league are talking about like they should, you know, um, really had a terrific game. I thought UC Soros had one of his strong games too. It's funny. I think these are two teams who have goalies who are really carrying the load and maybe not a lot of people in the NHL are talking about them. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, UC Soros, I couldn't believe it in the third period. There was that two-on-one Marner and Matthews, and UC Soros gets uh, gets a glove on it. I thought for sure that was that was a goal. Like that was two nothing right there. I was getting yes. super jacked up about it. I was I was already on my seat, ready to to pump my fist and yell out a yell. And then UC Soros comes in with an unreal stop. Um, yeah, he's he's one of the more underrated goalies too. And last year was kind of his coming out party. Uh, but if it wasn't for Soros, I mean. He really kept oh the, the Preds in this one tonight. Like the Maple Leafs, it, this easily could have been four, five, six, nothing game if it wasn't for Soros uh, and the amount of grade A stops that he was able to make today. So it truly was, um, like from a Maple Leafs perspective, it, it was a near flawless game from Toronto. Like they played incredible, I thought. 
I think I, I have to, you know, begrudgingly agree with you. I think going in, these are two teams that are on very similar uh, trajectories at this point in the season where they kind of in the, in the early part of the season kind of were trying to find their footing and their identity. And then all of a sudden things are clicking. And so going into this game, you know, it was going to be really interesting to see if one team could kind of lead the game. And I think it's very evident that Toronto kind of took the game and they dictated the tempo and they dictated a lot of the play. They didn't give the Predators much space, much time. Uh, it really was a near flawless game from Toronto and Nashville, uh, UC Saros definitely kept them in this game, which is something that, you know, Nashville has been known for in previous seasons. Um, this season, they've gotten some better offensive play and defensive play. So it hasn't been quite uh, that obvious that you see, you know, they didn't need UC to perform this tonight, but this was definitely a throwback to we've got to have UC and goal save in our bacon. And unfortunately, you know, the rest of the team just couldn't get it done. Yeah, which I was somewhat surprised. I think there's been a lot more offense coming out of Nashville this season than most of us anticipated. I, I'll be honest, I'll, I'll be the first one to put my hand up and say I was not expecting a resurgence out of Matt Duchesne this year, but he seems to be having a terrific start to the season. A little bit quiet, though, tonight. Didn't quite get on the score sheet. He had a, a couple opportunities, but not really, I guess, what, what you've come to expect over the course of the last, the first dozen games, I suppose, of the season. Um, was there anyone who did kind of stick out to you a little bit from a Nashville perspective? For me, it was Phil Tomasino. I thought he had a couple of really good looks tonight, but I'm curious who you thought. Yeah, I think Phil Tomasino did have a pretty uh, good game tonight. He had some good looks. I know there was a, a breakaway chance, and I'm 100% certain he's going to have nightmares about that, letting that one kind of get away from him tonight. Yeah. And this, for him, was a little bit of a home game. He had some family there from the Toronto area. Uh, well, so he played, yeah. he played for the Ice Dogs in Niagara, which is uh, where I, well, I'm from there, but he played there, and then he also played in was it Oshawa, I, I believe he got traded yes. to Oshawa, I think. yes. So right in the GTA. So he would have had a lot of fans there, I'm sure. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I, you know, there may be some extra added pressure on that, but I really do feel like Tomasino had a strong game. Um, a couple of players who didn't, who have been kind of quiet for Nashville that I think did some good things tonight. One was Yakov Trenin, who is somebody that uh, last season, there was a lot of buzz in Nashville about. He's been quiet offensively this year. Uh, we're waiting for him to kind of break out, but I feel like He's one of those forwards who is physical. He is in the mix. He ruffles feathers. And so I feel like defensively, he had a pretty good game um, getting in there. Offensively, he didn't. Matt Duchesne um, did not find the score, you know, didn't, didn't find the score sheet tonight, which is something that he normally is doing. And I will tell you that most people in Nashville agree with you. We did not expect Matt Duchesne, you know, knowing he had the talent, but not having seen him produce for a few seasons. Um, this has been a, a great season for him, but he really didn't have a ton of opportunities in this game. I think Toronto really limited time in space with the Predators and with Matt Duchesne. You know, he had one shot off of the post. We call that the sound of failure. Not much you can do about that, but really not a lot of opportunities for the, the ones who we count on for offense this season. Yeah, I think overall, like, I, Toronto just controlled that game from from almost start to finish. They yes. 
they outclassed them. They, they had uh, 61% of the shot share, 67% of the high danger chances, 67% goals for at five on five. And, you know, they were physical early on with, with, uh, with Nashville. I just felt like Toronto really controlled almost the entire game. And it was near perfect. Legitimately it, it was. And, one of the one of the lines that stood out to me, I mean, you could talk about the skill of guys like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and Willie Nylander kind of all night long. But for me, a, a line that I really want to give some flowers to and some love to is that third line tonight of, of David Camp, Andre Kasha, and, uh, and Pierre Engvall. They were just spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Like, this is, this is, this is crazy. I don't, I don't know how much you are into, into analytics. Like you said, you, you're not entirely analytics based but yes listen, just listen to this they had zero zero offensive zone starts zero face-offs taken in the offensive end right a majority of their face-offs are taken in the defensive zone or in the neutral zone majority of them being in the defensive zone yet they were second fourth and fifth on the team in individual expected goals and they combined for 12 shots on the game and spent a majority of their time in the offensive zone, despite all the defensive zone starts. Like how annoying would this line <laughs> have been for Preds fans tonight to have to, to have to watch this team. Like you have your best lines out there, guys like Ryan Johansson and, and Matt Duchesne, you're expecting them. They get an offensive face off. You're expecting for them to do something. And even when they won the draw, Toronto was just so hard on them. They pressured them, forced a turnover, and up the, red, up the other way they went on the transition, and they were often getting good opportunities. And then finally, they were rewarded with a goal uh, late. David Camp, probably one that Saros would want back a little bit, but they were rewarded for such strong play all night long. But I can only imagine how annoying that must have been to have to, <laughs> have to watch as a Preds fan. Well, you go into this game and you have a mindset when you're facing a team like Toronto, you think, okay, I know what line we really need to watch and where we need to up our defense. Right. And, and I will say that across the board, there was not let up from Toronto as far as pressure on the puck and coming after turnovers and just offensively, you know, they're, they were clustering around the net, you know, like you said, had it been anybody but UC Saros in goal, this could have been a game that got far away from the Nashville Predators. And I agree with you. Those were names that I think going in the Nashville Predators fans weren't saying, boy, we're going to have to keep our eye on that. Right. Um, but but they were everywhere. They really were. It, it was a great game. I think Nashville did a couple of things well against this team. Um, they gave up four power plays, which is something that, you know, is it's an issue with Nashville. They sometimes don't play disciplined. They were able to kill off three of those four. So against a team like Toronto uh, with their special teams, that was a little bit of a win, but overall Toronto controlled this game. Yeah, I, I would say so. What, what would you say surprised you most about this Leafs team tonight? Um, I think what surprised me the most about this team is that they controlled the tempo of the game and Nashville was chasing that tempo and that's not something that we've seen from them kind of in their last 10 games or so where they've been a little bit more able to dictate play they've been able to establish possession they've been able to set up offensively and really for 60 minutes they were chasing this game uh, it really was a different look now I will say that they this is something that from past seasons has not been uncommon and they were able to keep the game close 
Um, whereas in previous seasons, kind of that mental toughness was a challenge for Nashville, where when they were a step behind, they kind of mentally collapsed. Uh, so that was new in, in, in a good sign for Nashville, but they really just couldn't get caught up to this game. I mean, Toronto played at just a higher level than Nashville tonight, for sure. Yeah, I... I, I... I don't want to sit here and rag and stuff, obviously. <laughs> I, I'm in the, you know, I, I agree with you. I totally agree with you 100%. I, I thought the Leafs pretty well dominated every aspect of that game, whether it was five on five, perfect on the penalty kill. They they did score a power play goal. And for that power play goal, I, I how do you leave Austin Matthews that wide open on the power play? That's his spot. you got to know that the puck eventually is going to find its way there. If you're at Asheville, yeah. you got to cut off that scene. Well, and it's so beautifully executed. I mean, just flawless execution on that. And, and it's one of those things where as you're sitting watching it, you can say, oh my gosh, I know what's coming. Like, I know exactly where they're going to go with this. And, but it's so flawlessly executed. I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, props on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, too, because the Toronto power play was struggling early in the year, like bad, bad, mm -hmm. bad, bad. And I don't know if you remember this being a massive storyline towards the end of last season as well. They had like a 9% power play the last like 30 games of the season. It was, it was awful. But the strange part is it's quite literally the same group of people out there. And even early in the year, like they went on a stretch where they were like 26 or 27th on the power play early on in the year. They, the first power play unit, they couldn't even, they couldn't even get into the zone and like get set up. They were so bad bringing the puck over and, you know, they've, they've taken a bit of a 180 here and, and they're hot, hot, hot. They got like a, a I think I saw a 40, a 40% power play over the course of the last like 10 or 11 games. So yeah, they've, they've, they've turned it around, that's for sure. And when you've got talent the way that they do, guys like Nylander and Tavares and Marner oh gosh, and Matthews yeah. and Morgan Riley, the vision that these guys have, the skill that these guys have, it was only a matter of time. Like, people in Toronto were, were myself included, like I'll totally throw myself under the bus, are sitting here two weeks into the season – and the power play looked a little rusty. They weren't getting going. And we we're like, oh, th this team can't, they got to blow it up. They got to blow up the power play. They got to bring in this guy, bring in that guy, switch him out, switch him out. Like, oh, yeah, you know, he's not working on the bumper. You got to have a different, it was ridiculous. We're all sitting here trying to play coach. Meanwhile, all you had to do was relax. Now they did make a couple of changes. At first, Marner was kind of up at the top of the point um, mm -hmm. or up at the top of the bumper. And then they kind of switched that. And that's really when things started to click. So there was a, a, a a change in a way but at the end of the day it's funny because just it's the same group of guys out there and uh also it's confidence like when people yes. when teams play confident when players play confident they truly do look a lot better and i'm sure you could even make that same case for for guys like johansson and guys like granland and duchene in nashville yes. who are having much better seasons i'm sure it's just because they're straight up just more confident out there yeah. And it's so funny. I really feel like our teams must be living in parallel universes because the, so much of the experience that Toronto has had with things like their power play this year has been very similar to what Nashville has gone through, where struggled early and very much in Nashville, the, the Predators Twitterverse was like, blow this thing up. Like, this does not work. We need a whole new system. We need... And, and they've been able to turn it around as well. And, they're, and it's so funny. We laugh a little bit here in Nashville because 
we're used to being towards the bottom of the power play in the league. And all of a sudden we're like, wait, we're, I think we might be good at this, you know? So it's been, it sounds very similar. And I know as far as the confidence goes, that's something that Matt Duchesne um, even spoke about this morning with media, just that for him, um, confidence is a huge thing. And, you know, it's not something that lulls him into complacency. It makes him hungry to continue. But having that success kind of breeds that confidence, which breeds success. So we're definitely seeing that here in Nashville. Tonight's game, I think it'll be very interesting to see how the players respond to this. Now, our Thursday game has been canceled. We were supposed to be in Ottawa. So that's been postponed. Um, So they've got a little time here now between, I think we have a game on Saturday, uh, to sort of process this game and get some good takeaways. This is a game that's going to reveal some important things for the Nashville Predators and we'll give them some specific things that they need to fix because they played against a team that was executing near flawlessly. So it'll be interesting to see what the takeaway from tonight is for the Predators for sure. Yeah and they'll have a couple of days off I suppose. They believe they're in Montreal on Saturday. Is that where they are? Yep they're in Montreal. Yep. We're supposed to have uh, we're supposed to have Hal Gill on on my show um leafs lunch the show that i do here at, for tsn 1050 it was supposed to come on and uh i know that chris mason was also on the morning show that we had and he uh-huh. was saying that they're gonna have an absolute green light special because they're heading out to montreal like either tonight or tomorrow and they'll have like four days just to to party it up if they really want to <laughs> so hopefully i love it yeah i know so i'm i'm assuming and, and they, they call it uh what was it bag the bag chucker group Yes, bag chuckers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so are is this like a thing in Nashville? Like the bag oh. chuckers? This is the first time I ever heard of it. Oh, it's like a whole thing. Yes, bag chuckers. It's a whole thing, and I don't. I I will say I don't know the origin story of bag chuckers, but there are videos. There are. I mean, there's. It's a. It's like a whole production thing of like you get to the hotel, you open your door, you chuck your bag in, and you go. Um, and Hal Gill and Chris Mason are the captains of the bag chuckers. Like, they pray for Montreal. They're, you know, they're gonna they're gonna see some things. They're gonna see some things. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, I've heard that Mace li- really likes to get after it. We've got uh, a, a buddy we work with, Carlo Coliacovo, played with him in in St. Louis, and apparently that guy knows how to party. So I'm sure St. Catherine Street, Montreal, is gonna be uh, busy the next couple of days housing the National Predators. And I mean, make light of it, I suppose, right? It sucks for the Ottawa Senators. It's a, it's a yeah. really terrible situation, what's going on there. But uh, I guess for Nashville, they, it gives them a couple of days to kind of decompress from this loss and maybe yeah. have a, a good team dinner, a, a nice night out, and a couple of days to recover even. And then I guess they can try and get back at it uh, and try and continue their, their winning ways. So they're what, they're 8-2 and two in their last, last 10? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yep. So, yep. I mean, they're still doing really well, right? You, you, the Maple Leafs lost a game, was it last Monday? I think it was your last Monday. They lost a game to the LA Kings 5-1. It, it, it broke yes. the five-game winning streak. They lost, and then they got right back on their on their horse, and they won in, in Philly the next night. Then they won on Saturday. They won tonight, and now they're back. And they've got, Or Friday, Saturday, anyways. But they're back now, and they're back on a winning streak, and now they've won four straight again off of that loss. So even the Leafs, they've won nine of the last ten games. 
Yeah. Um, so both these teams riding high, riding high. And uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe we could have uh, a Nashville-Toronto Stanley Cup final. I mean, I mean, not. I would be here for that. I would be I'm here like, for that. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not let's not pull the cart uh, ahead of the horse. But uh, I really appreciate uh, you joining here. And why don't you let uh, my good folks here at Locked On Leafs uh, let them know where they can find your social media and and anything that you're here to plug. Sure. Um, I write at uh, onthefourcheck.com about Nashville Predators, and I also cover uh, sled hockey, national sled hockey there too. And you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. And can you do the same thing for our listeners here in Nashville? Yeah, Where absolutely. Where can they find you? Absolutely. So you can find, uh, you know, at Locked on Leafs, uh, obviously. I'm, I'm also a uh, host of Leafs Lunch on uh, TSN 1050 Radio. You can download that podcast. Uh, it's an hour-long Leafs show. Talk, you know, always talking to insiders and people from the game. It's a great show, uh, so you can tune into that. Uh, but also uh, check out my Twitter, at Mickey underscore Canuck. So that's, uh, that's where you'll find my Twitter and all my, all my spicy, spicy hot takes. I like it. For sure. Yeah, I said today, I'm not a Jersey guy, but I might have to get a Leafs number 25 sweater. Because Kasha was just when he made that he that shop lock in, in you know towards the end of the game, I was uh-huh. just like, that's worth that's worth buying a jersey, <laughs> just like that type of heart alone. Like that's that's the type of player that I really appreciated. That's what I loved, and that's uh, right. he had a great game. So you know, I, I got to give a hats off to him, uh, and, and he played well. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good game. It was a fun game, and good luck to you, and good luck to the Preds the rest of the way. Same with you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Welcome back to Logged on Leafs. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program. And just a reminder, we are a daily Maple Leafs podcast. So if you are a hardcore Leafs Nation member, make sure you subscribe to us and make us your first listen of the day. Again, we're daily. We talk about the Maple Leafs. It's really a great combination if you think about it. Uh, so make sure that you are subscribed wherever you get your podcast. And make us your first listen. Make us part of your daily routine. Uh, so the Toronto Maple Leafs coming off a 3-0 victory over the Nashville Predators. Uh, we are now going to go through the three stars of the game like we always do. And then I'll also touch on the Dion Phaneuf um, announcement. And the Dion Phaneuf, uh, you know, his just talk a little bit about his time in Toronto. My feelings about him and, and him being honored tonight. Uh, the former captain of the Maple Leafs uh, on the day that he announces his retirement. So we'll get into that uh, in just a moment. But I do want to go through the three stars. Uh, and, and we'll go through these ones fairly quickly, I think. Um no need to uh, no need to really, I suppose, take too too long. But uh, the third star I'm going to give to Austin Matthews. I thought Matthews had a had a really good game himself. I felt that he was, uh, you know, on the money. He had a couple of real good looks. He scored on the power play. Almost got another goal there. Um, he led the team in, in expected goals. You know, he had ten shot attempts. Uh, didn't land them all on net, but he had some really really solid opportunities tonight. But UC Soros uh, was 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 great. He was fantastic. But Austin Matthews could have had a couple of goals. Almost did have a second goal actually, that uh, kind of got waved off um, after video review. I, I didn't think that was going to be a goal. To be honest, I was surprised when they called it a goal on the ice. But anyways, uh, you know he he only gets the one goal. Uh, did he assist actually on on the uh, on the Marner goal? He might have assisted on the Marner goal. Now that I think about it. Let me just quickly 
take a second peek at that one just to make sure that I have that correct. He did. He did assist on the Marner goal. So he had a goal and an assist, uh, four shots, a hit, a block, played almost 20 minutes tonight, um, and had nine face-off wins. So that was Austin Matthews' stat line. Uh, the second star of the game, I got to give it to Jack Campbell, my man, Soupy. Another fantastic game out of him. Um, you know, stopped all 24 shots that he faced for his third shutout uh, of the season. And like I was saying earlier, this guy now leads in like legitimately every single category almost when it comes to, to the goaltending position. He leads in uh, <laughs> goals against average, a 168 goals against, save percentage at 943. And then he's one shy of Jacob Markstrom with three shutouts. Markstrom has four. He leads the league in goalie point shares, which is essentially how many points are, how many points does the team have that he personally has contributed to it? So it's almost like in baseball, they have a war statistic, wins above average or wins above replacements. That's essentially what goalie point share is. How many points, how many points is Jack Campbell personally, um, responsible for for the Maple Leafs and Jack Campbell legitimately leads the league in in this category leads the league in goals saved above average he is the oh he's just fantastic honestly the nicest human being on the ice he's just spectacular off the ice a milestone game for him start number 100 um or, or game number 100 not even start but game number 100 in his NHL career and, uh, you know, pay the man, pay the man, back up the Brinks truck. This guy's got to get paid. He's got to return to Toronto. I was on overdrive and I did, uh, it was a power rankings list of the top five athletes that Toronto cannot afford to lose. I put Jack Campbell in that top five. I said, they can't afford to lose this guy. He has been the team's MVP without him. I don't know where this team would have been early on this season. Odds are the, the whole team would have gotten blown up or the front office at the very least. Right, he kept a lot of these games, uh, kept them in a lot of these games. Imagine they lost that game in Chicago, which he kept them in it when they were down two nothing early, and he really, really made some big stops to allow Toronto to claw back into it. Um, imagine they lose that game in in, in Chicago. Uh, that that just that would not have been pretty. I could be that would not have been pretty. What would have happened next? So you know, if Jack Campbell, um, he's been unbelievable for this team, and another great night for him so he gets the second star but I gotta give first star honors to to uh to the third line with a bit of a nod to Andre Kasha as well but like this team this this line man the way that they just you know bring the puck from the defensive zone transition into the offense and get the amount of opportunities that they get like Pierre Engvall and uh and Andre Kasha and uh David Camp all combining 12 shot attempts nine shots on goal um, Andre Kasha, I believe, tied for the team lead in shots on goal with Morgan Riley tonight with five. Um, and uh, they did end up scoring. Kasha getting an assist on the goal by David Camp, who's already tripled his goal totals from a season ago. But the funny part is about how many opportunities these guys get. And you take a look. I, I talked about it earlier. The individual expected goals. They were second, fourth, and fifth on the team. They only played like 14 minutes tonight at five on five. Yet they still are super effective. Like their per sixty numbers are just—they—they've—they got to be incredible. I'm actually going to go and take a look at that right now because we talk a lot about what this team has been able to do. But I'm curious at 
per 60, how much better uh, the, the, these numbers actually may even look. I don't know if I can actually, uh, can I do that? No, I can't do it for the for today's game for the per 60 because it just gives me uh, the on-ice rates. Or maybe it will be able to. No. No, it doesn't look like it. But, like, <laughs> it's insane. Absolutely insane. Like, a, a .51 individual expected goals for camp gives him second. Um, you know, had four individual scoring chances himself. Three high-danger chances for David Camp, and he finally puts one into the back of the net. Um, I, I love when the third period gets rewarded um, with, with just some big, big-time, with a big-time goal after some big-time plays in the defensive end. Um, so really, really impressed by that third line tonight. So they're going to get my first star of the game. Okay, really quickly, let's go over this whole Dion Phaneuf thing because I don't know if it caught you guys by surprise as much as it caught me off guard today waking up and seeing Steve Simmons of the Toronto Sun writing an article about Dion Phaneuf having, uh, uh, you know, announcing his retirement this morning and uh, and being honored in Toronto ahead of the game. I, I, I was not expecting this. Now, I know that he was in town for Jerome McGinley's Hall of Fame but I, I don't think I was expecting for him to, uh, to 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 come in here and also while he's at it do you know announce his retirement and then have a whole ceremony um, ahead of tonight's game. But I, I think it's a really classy move for the organization. Like Dion Phaneuf is 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 a, was a former captain of this team, um, so he played the seventh most amount of games with a C on his chest. Uh, in a Maple Leaf sweater. Only six guys in all of history have done that. Out of the 25 captains, he's played the seventh most games. Um, and look, man, that guy had to put on a brave face. That was not a good time in, in Leafs land. I think we all know that. Uh, you know, like the 18-wheeler, um, salute gates, uh, the, the collapse in 2013. All of that, it was Dion who kind of took it on the chin um, and, and went out there. He gave his best every single night. And, you know, for whatever reason, it, it didn't work. He didn't quite live up to the expectations that were placed on him when he was brought in here. I mean, he was, man, he was on pace to have, like, a career his first few seasons in Calgary. And for whatever reason, just didn't end up replicating that same success he did through the first four years of his career, uh, through the rest of it, through what I thought was and what, Brian Burke evidently thought was supposed to be his prime where he takes that next step at age 24 when he got traded to Toronto never really ended up taking a step I suppose and and you know his game kind of changed a little bit turned more into a a real stout defensive defenseman uh, a guy who who brought it every single night and didn't quite put up the offensive numbers that he was putting up uh, that he put up in junior that he also put up in his first four years in Calgary I mean this is a guy who was second in Norris voting with 60 points one year and his second like at 22 years old 22 years old, he was second in Norris voting, had a 60-point year. Um, he'd scored 20 goals, 17, 17. Like, this is a guy who really was like a two-way force to be reckoned with when he was in Calgary. And for whatever reason, it just didn't end up, you know, expanding once he got to Toronto. But he was still a, a great player. He's a good player, um, you know. He cared about the team. He cared about the city. He cared about the fans. I think the fact that he was willing to come here tonight – 
um, after kind of everything that happened uh, and retire as a Maple Leaf and, and be willing to have this big ceremony, this big announcement here in Toronto. Um, I, I think it was it was real first class for the Maple Leafs to do this for a former captain. You know, th- that's the type of that's the type of stuff that uh, this organization is kind of known for doing. Right. It's the type of stuff that world class organizations do best. And, and the Maple Leafs certainly are one of that. Um, I, I remember being so jacked up when Phaneuf got traded uh, to to Toronto, like just super, super jacked up. Uh, Brandon Cameron, a, a, a frequent friend of the show, you know, I remember him and I in, in high school when, when the trade went down, we were so excited. Both of us, big, uh, big Leaf fans, you know, really loved Dion Phaneuf's game. Like I remember using playing him in like NHL 09. He was the cover, uh, cover athlete of NHL 09 and he was just a, beast of a guy like this dude if you were skating down (laughs) like there wasn't a better open ice skater in or open ice hitter in the game at that point than than Dion Phaneuf like it's it's possible that that he was the best uh of of his era you know he was just such a fun player to watch and um you know I'm really glad that the Maple Leafs decided to honor him tonight everyone kind of gave him Gave him the cheers and the round of applause that that he deserves. Um, I'm glad that there wasn't the, the that the boo birds flew south for the winter for tonight, um, and uh, Dion uh, was celebrated um, as 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 uh, a great Maple Leafs captain, which is which is what he was. You know, um, obviously it it wasn't a great time in Toronto. Like the team just sucked and didn't have any success. But I, I blame that more on the way the team was constructed than I do on, on Dion Phaneuf. So um, I, I know some people weren't, uh, you know, weren't fans of, of, of the Dion era. And why would you? Like I said, basically no success. But at the end of the day, he was a good captain. He was a great player. And uh, he's honored to be represented uh, or honored to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? to be celebrated, I suppose, by Leafs Nation tonight. So, uh, you know, good for him. Good for Bre- for Brendan Shanahan for, for bringing him out and doing this. And uh, I-, I wonder what's next for him because I know that he has done some shadowing with Brendan Shanahan at, at, in a managerial role. Um, I don't know if, if the Leafs front office is, is quite exactly what he's looking to do. Uh, I know that his wife, Alicia Cuthbert, probably spends a lot of time in L.A. like she is an actress. So perhaps he might be interested in doing something with the Kings, which is where he ended in his career. Um, I, I, He might be living there right now, too, now that I think about it. Um, or he could go back up to Calgary where he started his career and got his opportunity uh, to, to go back to the team that drafted him. I don't know exactly what is in store for Dion and his next chapter, but... You know, speaking to some people around the game, it, it, it you know he's somebody who would love to uh, to get into management and, and and stay within the game um, at, at some point here. I know he's got a, a young daughter. We saw her on the broadcast tonight, so maybe she, you know he wants a couple more years to spend with the family. It, it looks like they have another one on the way. However, but uh, you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if if we we see Dion. You know, as we see with a lot of these players uh, from the past, end up getting back into hockey, into management, into coaching. If we see him at some point around the game, and I hope we do. He was a good ambassador uh, for the sport, good ambassador for the game. He was amazing in the community and just a good overall person. That's what I gathered today. A lot of old ex-teammates 
coming and rallying for Dion, saying how how great of an individual he was um, and how great of a captain he was. Maybe they didn't have the most on-ice success, but certainly he was captain-like material in the dressing room and out in the communities. So uh, congratulations on a terrific career. Dion Phaneuf, over 1,000 games in the NHL, um, You know, had the pleasantries of being the captain of the most historic franchise in, in hockey history in the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he was celebrated for it today. So round of applause, congratulations to, uh, to Dion Phaneuf. And hey, he got to witness uh, a big-time victory right in front of his very eyes. Uh, tonight as as they defeated the Nashville Predators 3 to nothing. All right, that's going to do it for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You'd subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Uh, follow the show uh, or follow myself on Twitter at Big underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. I believe uh, going to be doing a preview against the Rangers. Yeah, we got the Rangers coming to town. So a rematch against Igor Shostyrkin. A rematch with Igor. Hopefully they can find the back of the nets a lot more than they were able to do the first night where they peppered them, peppered them, but couldn't beat them. Uh, hopefully they do a little bit better on Thursday. But that's new for me here today. Catch you back here tomorrow. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.